And please open in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6 for our sermon today. We're going to be looking at verse 30 through verse 44. I'm, it's a familiar passage. I'm going to read the passage and pray, jump right in the sermon. Mark 6, starting at verse 30. Hear now the word of God. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while, for many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. They took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish, and those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Thus ends the reading of God's holy, inerrant word. May its truth be ever written on our hearts. Let us pray. Lord God, we come before you, knowing that you have spoken in your word. We pray, speak to us now this day through the preaching of your word. Lord, take my humble offering of time and devotion, the loaves and fish of my devotion to prepare this sermon and multiply it in our hearts and minds this day, that we may know you better and love you and worship you more. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Why are you here today? What are you looking for? Are you looking for purpose and meaning? Are you looking for something to hold on to? Maybe you're looking for encouragement or significance. Maybe you're looking for God, for heaven, for spirituality. Maybe you're tired and looking for rest. You're hungry and looking for food. Perhaps you're doubting and looking for answers. Perhaps you are coming to Jesus because long ago you already found the answer. We are all searching for something. We are all hungry for something. And some of us come to Jesus because we think he might have the answers. And others of us come to Jesus because we already know he is the answer. We are all looking for something. We are like sheep looking for a shepherd to guide us. Maybe it's a president. Maybe it's a king. 
Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe you look to your spouse or your best friend. Maybe your psychic or your horoscope. Or worse, maybe you look to whatever's in the news or social media this week. We all look for something to guide us, for a shepherd. That's what this passage is about. In this passage, a group of people are looking for something. Some come to Jesus because they think he might have the answers. And some come to Jesus because they already believe he is the answer. In this passage, we see the Lord Jesus is the shepherd who feeds our hungry souls. He is the one we are all looking for. The first thing we see in this passage is the need for the shepherd. The need for the shepherd. If you remember back a couple chapters, through much of chapters 3 and 4 in the book of Mark, Mark makes a distinction between those who Jesus called to follow and serve him and the crowd that gathers around him. And here we see that distinction again. We see the apostles who have just returned from their mission, going village to village to spread the message of Jesus, and they return and tell Jesus everything. They tell him about their success, and they tell him about their difficulties and the rejection they faced. They tell him about the wonderful things they did and all the teachings that they said. And Jesus hears all this and invites them to come away with him in order to rest. But the apostles obviously know enough to tell others about Jesus, to go and do the things that Jesus did. They're able to have successful fruitful ministries despite all the difficulties that they face. Many of us think of these apostles like super Christians. Like they somehow have reached some level of spiritual maturity that goes beyond us. So why do even the apostles need to come back to Jesus? It's because he is their shepherd. Even the apostles still need a shepherd. The apostles aren't somehow in a special category where they move past needing a shepherd. None of us are. It doesn't matter if you've been a faithful Christian for 50 years or if you're a deacon or a minister or whatever. All of us, even the apostles, still need a shepherd. But then there's this other group of people in verse 33. It says, quote, now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. You see, there's this whole group of people who have heard about Jesus and want to know more. They want to see what he can do. They want to be there. They all go running to find him. And when he steps off the boat in verse 34, it says, When he went ashore... He saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. The people who are chasing after Jesus are looking for something, because they still need a shepherd. 
You see, the apostles, the called, already have a shepherd. They already belong to Jesus, and they are returning to him. But the crowd is in need of a shepherd. They're looking for someone to guide them. They both need a shepherd. Rather, they're called or they're looking. All of us need a shepherd. I tend to think that's true for us today. We come to church in order to experience Jesus, to worship Jesus, and to learn from Jesus. Some of us are like the apostles. We already know Jesus is our shepherd, and we spend our week at work in the world struggling to glorify God and struggling to make Jesus known in all of our lives, facing all sorts of rejections just like the apostles did. And we come to church in order to come back to Jesus and be built up. We come to church because we are tired and worn out from life and ministry, and we already know that Jesus can restore us. We come to church to tell about all that Jesus has done in our lives and through us in the last week and in the weeks ahead. Some are like the apostles. They go to church because they know Jesus is their shepherd, and they can't imagine going anywhere else. But it would be naive to think that every person who goes to church is an actual born-again believer. It would be naive to assume that just because a person goes to church that they actually have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. For some, they're here because they're looking. They're looking for something. They're looking for meaning, for hope, for encouragement. They're looking to have a better life and They hope to get a few tips on how to accomplish that. They think this whole Jesus thing might help them get there, might help them figure it out. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're here searching. Maybe you aren't sure what you're looking for. Maybe you're not entirely sure about this whole Jesus thing. Maybe you come to church week after week hoping something eventually clicks. If that's you, I want to tell you there's a shepherd who is looking for you. You don't have to try to guide everything in your own life. There's one who does it far better than any of us can. One who really cares for you. You see, Jesus provides rest to the wonder. He says in Matthew 11, 27, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus wants to give you rest. And true rest can only be found in Jesus. But it doesn't matter if you're here because you're tired and worn out from trying to serve Jesus all week and constantly finding that you don't measure up, or because you're just here searching. All of us need a shepherd. We need someone to guide us. And Jesus is just that. In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And what does a shepherd do? A shepherd guides, protects, and feeds the flock so that they can rest. A shepherd guides, protects, and feeds the flock. And according to verse 31, that is exactly what Jesus is doing here. 
He says to his disciples, come away with me. He is guiding them somewhere else. Why do they need to go somewhere else? Well, it's because they had no leisure even to eat. He's taking them somewhere else so that they can be fed. And why do they need to go somewhere to be fed? It's because they had no leisure. You see, he's protecting their time and their energies. Jesus is doing the work of a shepherd to guide, protect, and feed his flock. And those who, like the apostles, know Jesus is the good shepherd and have already decided to follow him are led by his good commands. But then there's those who come running, like the crowd, who don't always know if they want what Jesus has to provide. But that's what we see from the second sentence in verse 34 through the end of this passage. We see the shepherd's provision. The shepherd's provision. When Jesus gets out of the boat, he sees the crowd and he has compassion on them. What does he do? He teaches them. The primary way Jesus provides for his people is through his teaching. The primary way Jesus shows compassion is through the proclamation of the word. The proclamation and teaching of the word brings nourishment to our hungry souls. When Jesus looked out at the crowd in need of a shepherd, he taught them. Teaching is how Jesus shepherds his people. You see, people are often like sheep, astray and lost in the world. We don't know how to really make sense of it all. We don't know how to get there on our own. We don't know how to find water and take care of ourselves. And Jesus teaches us how to live in God's good design, how to do the things we were designed to, how to go the places and the way we were originally made. Jesus's ministry is primarily a ministry of teaching and preaching. And let me say this, Ephesians 4 says that the Lord Jesus has given the gift of apostles, prophets, evangelists, and shepherd teachers to the church. The personhood of Jesus is not physically present in our church today, and if he was, he could not be in every other church at the same time. According to scripture, Jesus is currently reigning in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. And so Jesus can't be here physically in the room to actively shepherd us through his own teaching. The scripture says he gives the gift of shepherd teachers, those whom we call pastors. Scriptures refer to pastors as under shepherds. This is not my flock. You do not belong to me. You belong to Jesus, and Jesus has simply commissioned some of us to guide and protect and feed the flock on his behalf. A faithful pastor who really commits himself to the work of shepherding and to preaching the word like Jesus is bringing the teachings of Jesus to bear in order to help people follow Jesus in all their lives, in order to feed, protect, and guide the flock. But the real thrust of this passage isn't the teaching, but the feeding. 
On some level, the feeding of the 5,000 is an example of what Jesus' teaching can do. You see, in John 21, he says to Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. And Peter and the other apostles go and tell other people about Jesus, who then go tell other people about Jesus. And just like Jesus multiplies five loaves and two fish, he takes the message of himself and the good news of the gospel from a little ragbag team of 12 disciples into all the earth. And it keeps going and going and expanding until one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is multiplying his teaching just like he multiplied the loaves and fish in this passage. But we get to this story here where the disciples begin to realize they are in a deserted place out in the wilderness without food and it's getting pretty late. Jesus has been teaching all day and people haven't been eating at all. They've been eating up what he said, but they're now hungry. So they tell Jesus to finish up and send everyone home so they can stop somewhere along the way and pick up something to eat. Because obviously there's nothing to eat out here. But then in verse 37, Jesus said to the disciples, you give them something to eat. Disciples look up at a crowd of thousands and they can't figure it out. Even with 200 denarii, they could not buy enough bread to feed them all. A denarii is a day's wages for the average man. It is likely that 200 denarii is all the money that they had amongst all of them. And they're saying, even with all we have, we do not have enough to buy bread for everyone. They don't have the ability to do it. The truth is, is that I don't think Jesus ever really expected them to just go buy bread. He was wanting them to realize who he is. He was showing them that they can't do it on their own. But he can. He asks, what do they have? And they go about the crowd and they gather five loaves of bread and two fish. A small banquet for a young boy. And Jesus commands them all to sit. The word to sit really means recline, which hints at the Passover, where we recline around the table. But Jesus encourages them to recline just like the Passover, and they all sit in groups of fifties and hundreds, and he raises up the bread and offers a bracha, a blessing. And he begins to hand out the bread to his disciples, and they take it around to the different groups, and they pass it around, and they tear and pass and tear and pass, and it doesn't seem to stop. They keep eating and keep eating till they're filled. Because Jesus provides. Jesus feeds their hungry stomachs, just like Jesus feeds their hungry souls. And they collect far more than they had sent out. They collect 12 baskets full of leftovers. You see, Jesus never needed them to feed anyone. Jesus needed them to see what he could do. Jesus is able to do this kind of thing because Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He's able to take a little bit and multiply it. This Jesus is the shepherd who feeds his sheep. The reason Jesus had to provide food, though, is because he led them out to a desolate place. He led them into the wilderness. 
a place without food and markets, a place of chaos and disorder. He led them into the wilderness in order to provide for them, just like God did to Israel in the book of Exodus. The Israelites were slaves in the land of Egypt, and God led them out under his mighty hand, and they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And it says in Exodus 16 that God provided bread from heaven, manna to eat. God led the Israelites out of slavery in order to give them rest. And he provided bread for their bellies. And while they were wandering in the wilderness, the Israelites never went hungry. And God used that time to teach them. It's during that time that he gave them the law, the Ten Commandments at Sinai. It's during that time that most of Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, I said those out of order, are all written. God led them out in the wilderness and gave them bread so that he could teach them the law, just like Jesus does in this passage. Jesus leads them out into a desolate place, into the wilderness, to teach them. And sometimes you have to let Jesus lead you into the wilderness to let him feed you. The reason why so many people never come to Jesus is because they're never tired enough and never broken enough to realize only Jesus can provide. This passage actually encourages us to work hard and to come wanting. This passage shows that like the disciples spent their time going village to village, working hard, they come to Jesus tired. We should come to Jesus tired and worn out from working hard at our jobs, in our community, in our families, and in our home. Trying to bring glory to God, trying to proclaim the name of Jesus, just like the apostles. We should come to Jesus tired, and we should let him give us the rest and the nourishment, and the protection, and the guidance that we need. And if you're not a Christian, maybe today is the day to run to Jesus. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're worn out and searching. Maybe you're wondering how any of this can make any difference at all, and let me tell you the gospel, the good news about Jesus. The good news that Jesus changes everything. See, the gospel is the good news of salvation. The Bible teaches that God created us good. He created the whole world good. But yet, we and all humanity have rejected him and his good design. We've chosen to do what we want to do rather than what God would have us do. And for that... God says the wages of sin, the wages of our rejection, of us doing what we want to do and so what he would have is death. A little sin against an eternal God involves eternal punishment. And there's no hope but for Christ. Christ who came to die for his sheep. The good shepherd who lays down his life us. And Jesus lived a perfect life doing all the stuff we were always supposed to do. Living out God's design perfectly. 
And he died on a cross, a death he was never supposed to die because he had never sinned. And he rose from the grave in accordance with the scripture so that all who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Because if you're united with Christ, his perfect righteousness is counted towards you. And all your sins and all your wrongs is counted towards him on the cross. So that if you believe in him and follow him, he sets you free and offers you complete and perfect forgiveness for all your sins. He makes a way to give you new life. And all he asks of you is that you repent and believe. That you turn away from your sin, you turn away from your rejection of God, turn back to God and believe in the promises of Jesus. Believe that he saves you from your sins and that he is restoring this world. If you are here today and you're still running to Jesus, if you're searching for rest, if you're searching for meaning, if you're searching for whatever Jesus has to offer, maybe today is the day to embrace Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To make him the master of your life, to take him as your shepherd, and to trust him to guide you, protect you, and feed you through his word, and through the ministry of all the other Christians in the world today, and all of us here in this church. He provides for you in all sorts of ways, and he offers that, because he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, and he's asking you to come to him because he is the only way to the Father. Let me close with one final thought. The disciples return from their labors, from lots of time doing the work of ministry, going village to village, telling people about Jesus. They return to Jesus, and Jesus gives them rest. Just like the Israelites worked hard as slaves, and God leads them out in the wilderness to give them rest. He leads them out to give them rest. But they work hard first. He gave them great pain so they would know that he satisfies. Scripture teaches that Jesus went to prepare a place for us, for his people. And that on the glorious day of the world's renewal, that there will be a new home. A place of rest. A big banquet waiting for you. And my encouragement to you is to show up to that day tired. Work hard in this life for the kingdom of God, just like the apostles did. And when you die and enter before God, may you hear those good words, well done, my good and faithful servant. May you be someone who works hard in this life, knowing that you will receive rest and food and nourishment in the world to come. Amen? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for Jesus, our good and great shepherd. We pray guide our hearts to love him more and help us to find our strength, our nourishment, our guidance, and our protection in him. Lord, work in our hearts to love him more and to follow him as a sheep follows their shepherd. We pray this for our good and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.